The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. What am I supposed to do with the rest of my life is the question that we ask. And I think that this idea that we are all these different parts of the body, um, you saw in the scripture that it said, you know, the eye can't be, if you didn't have an ear, you couldn't hear, and if you didn't have an eye, you couldn't see. And I think we first look at that and we're like, that's so obvious, like, I know that. Makes perfect sense. You can't have a whole body full of arms. But I think when we, if we're honest, when we look at each other, we do this all the time. Where we look at each other and we say, oh my gosh, she's so good at guitar, or she's so smart, or she's so funny, or he's such a great speaker, and we want what these other people have. And we have so much focus on what does this person have? What, what gift do they have? What are they in the body of Christ instead of being a hand and doing things that hands do, like picking up things. And I think that we lose some of this abundance when we're constantly comparing. So one part of answering this question of what am I supposed to do with the rest of our lives, my life, is figuring out what am I? What do I have to offer? What gifts do I have? What part of the body am I? Um, how many of you came into college having no idea what you were going to study? I was the same way. I came into college. I had no idea if I was going to be a math major, an English major. I mean, I didn't know what I liked or what I didn't like or what I was going to do with the rest of my life. So I went through freshman year. And when I got to the end of freshman year, I heard this quote that Ryan, if you were here last week, ended a sermon with. And that kind of gave me this practical first step in how I can pick a major and pick, begin to move forward towards what God is leading me to. And that quote was, find the place where your greatest gifts meet the world's greatest needs. So where do your greatest strengths and passions meet the needs of the world? So when I was a freshman, I was like, okay, well, what do I like? Well, I took a bunch of random classes. My favorite one was biology, which I honestly could have never guessed that I would have liked a science class the most. But I did. I always loved to help people. And I was able to do well in that class. And so I could handle science classes. So I was like, okay, I like science. I can do well in the class, and I want to help people. I'll be a doctor. Perfect. So I pursued a career, or I pursued uh, pre-med. I was a chemistry major all the way through and was searching for this place where my gifts could meet needs. And this this question of where can your gifts meet the world's needs is not only something that can help you look forward way into your future and figure out, like, what should I study? What career do I have? But it was something that I found could help me find this abundant life every single day. Maybe not every single day, but it could find this abundant life in the midst of hard places and in the midst of where I was living and what I was studying and the day-to-day life. And I was, uh, like Janie said, I was a pi-fi down at University of Puget Sound, and that was an incredible and crazy experience. I was with women who were, I mean, my friends were awesome. They were super passionate. They were super driven. They were confident. They were fun to be around. But there was also this, um, sometimes it was super lonely and super, felt super insecure and I felt super uncomfortable. And it was kind of this mixed bag. So when I was looking at my life in my sorority and I was like, okay, I want to find this abundant life. Like, Lord, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And it led me to that question of, Okay, well, 
what needs are there in my sorority and what gifts do I have? Because if I can work with, be connected to the Lord and meet these things, maybe I can find abundant life. So I was in my sorority and I realized that there was not a lot of space for real conversations. There was not a lot of space for sharing how you're actually doing or what actually is going on. So I decided to start this thing called Life at Eight. And we'd meet on Sunday nights and we'd uh, eat life cereal, answer a life question and just talk. And that was, um, and I think that I saw, looking back on college, I saw so much joy in those moments that happened at Life at Eight. And I think a lot of that was because I found a place where my gifts, I could create this space, could be to need. And even in my, in the ministry that I was a part of, it was similar to the inn, I brought this question to there and I said, okay, where can my gifts meet needs? And when I was in the ministry, I noticed that a lot of the the women, the girls, my friends, spent a lot of time talking and a lot of time studying. And there wasn't a lot of play and fun and adventure. And that was something that I love. And I was like, okay, here's a need to play, to get out, to do something. And my gifts, I could make that happen. So I, I got a team and we planned this women's adventure weekend and we got costumes and played broomball and had a bonfire and a paint fight. And we hiked into this uh, hot springs in the snow and it was awesome. And looking back, I think that there was a lot of joy in that as well because I found a place where my gifts met needs in my everyday life. And, I, and there was a lot of times that this wasn't great success stories, but I think I learned a lot along the way of that. So back to this, this scripture of being part of the body. I mean, some of what makes us unique is not only what our gifts are, but where we, I mean, what our gifts are and how they can be used in these unique places that we're living, the unique friendships that we're in, the unique places that, places of study. And I think if we can begin to ask this question, we may get a little bit closer to experiencing this abundant life, this mission trip high back here in everyday life. But one thing that is, was huge and I learned in hindsight, which is always fun, um, was just how important it was to be connected to the body. The scripture says that the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you, and the foot can't say to the eye, whatever it says, I don't need you, but we need each other. And um, have you got, a couple nights ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, and my arm was like more asleep than it's ever been in my life. Have you guys ever experienced that? Where you like pick it up, and it's like this, and you're just like hitting it, and it's dead, and freaks you out and it's bizarre because you feel like someone else's arm on you, is on you but it's your own arm and it's really weird. So I had this weird experience and I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh my gosh, my arm. And But I was thinking about this scripture and I was like, this is... I was thinking about being connected to the body of Christ and I was like, so many times we think we're connected but we're dead. We're like completely cut off. And I think when we're actually connected and functioning there's this like, there's blood. <laughs> It actually flows to and from your arm. And it, you know, is bringing nutrients and it's removing waste and it's giving, you know, your brain sends a signal and the arm moves. In the middle of the night, I could not get my arm to do anything. Like, it was dead. And I look back at my college experience and I remember, I can look, it's like black and white. When I was connected to the body of Christ and I was engaged in the body of Christ and asking this question, I was tasting this abundant life. But there were other times where I was like, I thought I was, I was attached. I was definitely attached. I would show up on a Tuesday night. I would show up to my core group even. 
but I was not engaged. I was not processing what anyone was saying. I was not asking questions. I was closed off and cut off. Um, when I was engaged in the body of Christ, I would come on a Tuesday and I would take notes and be like, do I even believe what they're saying? Is this real? Does this affect me? I would, you know, be trying to figure out what does it mean to pray? What the heck is prayer? Why do we pray? How do I read scripture? What's the point of the Old Testament? I would go to my core group and try and share more vulnerably each time or try and take a risk there. Um, and I had a mentor and I was plugged in and involved. And I was, you know, definitely not only attached to the body, but I was getting blood, blood flow. And then I look back and uh, my senior year where I just had a lot of pity parties for myself where I was like, God, this is so hard. I'm living in this hard situation and my classes are so hard and my boyfriend broke up with me. And, you know, what is what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I'm a senior. And I started to have these pity parties and I started to get frustrated and I started to disconnect and cut off my circulation. I stopped praying. I stopped reading scripture. I stopped engaging in the world I was living in and engaging in the body of Christ. And and I was still kind of trying to ask this question of like, okay, where do my gifts meet needs and where can I serve and how can I find this life? And But I was definitely disconnected and it just didn't work. And I remember this one night where I was, you know, there's freshmen on my ski team and I was like, oh, it's going to be awesome. I'll mentor them and senior in Pi-Fi. I'm going to mentor some kids. And I ended up getting kicked out of my sorority dance for being drunk, too drunk to move. And my uh, freshmen on the ski team that I was trying to mentor were carrying me up the stairs. And not only was I not loving them, caring about them, but and externally you could tell that there was something different. Like internally, I was not feeling abundant life. I was not feeling that joy and that excitement of being a part of something bigger than myself. I was stuck having pity parties and, you know, poor me or just frustrated or stressed or whatever it was, I was just, I mean, that was not abundant life. And I think looking back, I was like, I I realized how, even though I still believed in God and I still, you know, would show up to things, I was this arm that was asleep. You know, I was dead. And when I tried to function as an arm, like you would in the middle of the night, like you can't pick up anything. You can't do what you were made to do. So, um... So as much as it's important to ask this question of where can your gifts meet needs and what part of the body am I and how can I you know, serve out of that, it's just as important to stay connected to the body and to be not only connected but be engaged in the body and asking questions and you know, having something move back and forth. And why these two things are so important and why I was up here and decided to talk to you guys about these things were... I feel like since we're little, we're told, um, <laughs> I just lost my thought. Uh, since we're little, we're, t- we're told that we're always asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you draw pictures of it when you're little. I wanted to be a professional soccer player and then a professional skier. And, you know, you, you get asked this question. And I think that that makes us think that someday we're going to be what we're going to be when we grow up. And then we'll start life. And then we'll start having purpose and meaning and satisfaction. And I think some of why it's so scary to be in college and especially almost graduating is you're like, I'm almost grown up, but I don't know what I want to be yet. Like, I don't, I still haven't figured this thing out right here. And I don't know what that is. And 
that's where I'm supposed to have life and supposed to have purpose when I'm this. Uh, and that's, and that's why I'm so excited and passionate, I think, about college students and about finding abundant life today is because what if this doesn't work out like you think? And that's some of, some of my story. So I was, uh, I was a pre-med major, so I got done with college and I had a file folder of teacher recommendations. I had 11 essays of, or drafts of my personal statement. I had mock interviews on tape that I could watch. And I was ready to go to med school. And I was going to take a year off and be an intern in Tennessee, Chattanooga. Uh, and I wasn't even sure they were going to hire me because I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. Like, that's what, where my gifts meet needs. That's what my plan was. And I went to Tennessee and I started to feel more alive than I ever had. And I was confused by that. And I was like, okay, God, what is this? What are you doing? Um, I ended up spending two years in Tennessee as an intern, job shadowing a surgeon while I was down there and realizing that, you know, my, I felt like more of my gifts were being used as when I was in ministry than in medicine. But I came back from Tennessee and I was like, okay, God, now what? Like, so I had this plan and I just put it off for a little longer and I don't know if I'm supposed to go into medicine or I'm supposed to be in ministry or like, what am I supposed to do? And I spent an entire month before my summer job just like sending out emails and freaking out and stressing out and, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do with my life? Just like, ah, I don't know if I should have these college loans. How am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? You know, trying to email these random people and no one's getting back to me, freaking out because I'm going to be gone all summer on my summer job and then I need to have something figured out when I get back. Um, so I, I don't even remember anything else in that month besides freaking out, which was not abundant life. It was not restful. It was not peaceful. God was trying to talk to me. I probably couldn't hear him because I was too busy freaking out. So I go, my summer job was working at Beyond Malibu as a backpacking guide for Young Life camps up in Canada. So if you guys went to Malibu, those little mountains, we got to, we'd take campers up there and I was pumped. It was going to be my second summer. I had all the gear. I was in the best shape of my life. I was ready to take on these mountains, ready to change lives for Jesus. I was going to lead these kids. I was, uh, Super excited about my summer that I had planned, and I knew God was going to use me. My family was coming up on a trip. It was going to be awesome. And I started our backpacking trip, and it was the first trip, so it was just the leaders. And the first 10 minutes, I slipped on a mossy rock, landed on my ankle, heard it break. And I was like, you're kidding me. Are you kidding me, God? Like, this is not happening. Like, my leg is not broken right now. My family's coming up on a trip. I'm supposed to be serving you. Like, how... How can you let this happen or what happened or what is going on? I had to get carried out and, you know, 32 hours or whatever, 30 hours later, I was back on my couch in my living room in the summer, broken leg, needing surgery, pissed. I was pissed. Um, <laughs> and I was like, what the heck, God? Like, this is, this makes no sense. Like, I'm serving you. Like, I don't know if, what happened with my leg? I don't know if it was bad luck, if it was fate, if it was God, if it was Satan, if it was whatever. I have no idea what it was, and it makes me crazy to kind of think about what actually happened, but it sucked. I had a broken leg. I was stuck on my couch. It was summer. I love to be outside. I love to be active, and it was frustrating as heck. Um, so, but one thing that that did was um, I began to slow down. I was forced to slow down. And I was forced to just kind of sit and 
sit with God and ask these questions of, you know, ministry versus medicine. And as a lot of you know, you get a lot of pats on the back for being, for being pre-med and for being a doctor. You know, people are like, oh, that's so great. I'm glad you're, you know, going to go save the world. And, like, if you tell people you're going to go work for a church or thinking about ministry, there's not quite the same response. So um, there was some of the pride that I was working through as the Lord was working on me. But while I was home, I got an email from my boss in Tennessee, and he said that this job was open here at the inn. And I ended up applying for it, and I felt like a lot of my gifts met needs that were here. And, I mean, it's been a huge struggle, but it there's definitely been challenges, but so much joy here. But it's crazy to me that if I hadn't broken my leg, I would be... I would have came home from the summer, been on my parents' couch, trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Because my leg was broken, I was able to apply for this job and be here. Um, and when I look back, I, I just think if I would have waited till I was a doctor to start living, if I would have waited till I was, you know, this thing or tried to figure out what is this exact plan for my life before I started trying to figure out where do my gifts meet needs and how can I connect to the body and how can I experience this abundant life now, I would still be waiting, and I wouldn't have, you know, these stories to, to remember, and I wouldn't have had these moments. And also, some of these moments and these stories and these risks that I took and these failures and successes and all of that has helped me discover, am I a hand? Am I a foot? And I'm still definitely in the process of figuring out what I am and how I could serve as the body of Christ the best, but it's, I'm making progress. Um, and I think when I look out here, I, I know people come back and they're just, you know, so excited from a mission trip. And I just want to be like, you can have that here. Like, you can experience full life here. You can experience that connection to community here. And maybe it's not as easy and as clear, but it's so possible and it's so worth pursuing. And it's going to be hard and you're going to mess up and, um, and I did. But it's, it's worth pursuing. So we, I mean, we were not created just for mission trips, and we weren't just created for these careers. We were created to experience abundant life. And I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna read, close with this text from Isaiah, and this is what the Lord is speaking to Isaiah about what, what he hopes the body of Christ is doing, and what he hopes he sees. So, this is the kind of fast I'm after. So this is the kind of service I'm after. To break the chains of injustice to get rid of exploitation in the workplace, to free the oppressed, to cancel debts. What I'm interested in is seeing you do this, sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless and poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on, and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave the way. The glory, the God of glory will secure your passage. When you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help, and I'll say, I'm here. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you're generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I will give you a full life in the emptiest of places. We were all uniquely created to work together as this body of Christ. And Jesus came to bring life and bring it abundant. And we can experience that abundant life now. 
We can experience it today and tomorrow and wherever you live, whatever your major, whatever your gifts, whatever your passions. And so my encouragement for you guys is just to, to think about that and think about where these gifts can meet needs and where, and maybe even just think about this abundant life. Like, is that real? Is that possible? Please pray with me. Dear God, I just want to thank you for, um, Lord, just the journey you've taken me on and just the ups and the downs and the struggles, Lord, but just I'm thankful for those glimpses of abundant life. And I'm thankful for uh, the ways that you have just touched the people's lives in this room, Lord, that you've given them a glimpse of somehow, Lord, that they have seen in someone else or they have tasted for themselves this life that you promise. Lord, I pray that you would help us out in figuring out how we can be connected to this body and how we can serve the world around us, Lord. I praise you for your son, and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.